Shomrabyog. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the tiny room. Welcome back to On Shomrabyog. I am the Michael of Michael Inventions Podcast, and I am joined by the man who proves that curiosity leads to the cat having nine lives. It's Benjamin. Yes, I do last an awful long time. Bloody unkillable. Yeah, he's tried several can't, times. Can't get rid of him. Nope. He survived that stairs incident. Yeah. He survived the poisoning from this morning. Yeah. I have a, I have the constitution of a horse with an iron stomach. Oh, good superhero. Mm. Benjamin, let's bloody do the theme music. <gasps> theme music for the podcast. We don't actually have anything. Very good, very <laughs> amusing. Never not amusing. Well, Benjamin, it's been a very, true. it's been a very busy week of pop culture stuff. Has it? It has. Not so much news. We don't have a lot of news, but lots of things have come out. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm just making sure. Sorry, I'm looking I'm, at your mic there. I'm in a slightly funny way. oddly turned, so I'm, I'm going to try and. All right, you and pivot. Get it, you pivot the, yourself there. The little right. The little. The little right. There you go. You just red your, light. You just, just your facing little, slightly wrong. There we you go. just your buttocks there. There you there go. go. Probably should have done this man. before the podcast, Michael. Yeah, Benjamin. A lot of things were released. A lot of popular culture things. For example, this, the the movie "Scary Things to Say and Do in the Dark" or whatnot. <laughs> Isn't that, is that <laughs> Scary out? Stories to Tell in the Dark that's by the Guillermo one. del Toro. Yeah, is that out? I think that's out. I think that's been released. Yeah, and we haven't managed to bloody see it. Do we want to see it? Is it not just goosebumps for adults? Isn't it? But that's G- it's a good old GDT. We're big fans of GDT. We are GDT fans here at the podcast. That's true. Also released this week was Where's Brad Pitt's Dad? He's in space. Yeah, Ad Astra. We, have, we haven't seen that either. I wasn't aware that was the thing. Yeah. The, the first time I saw that, I saw Brad Pitt's bloody handsome face on a billboard. And I was like, that's very handsome Brad. That's, that's peak 90s Brad Pitt mm. right there. It's like a remake of Interstellar, but with Brad Pitt. Yeah, which I would actually probably watch just for the sake of seeing Interstellar with Brad Pitt. And where is his dad? He's in space. He's in space he's somewhere. In space. He's gone off to find Bloody him. Bloody Brad Pitt's a spas. Brad Pitt's a spa. That's what they should have called it. <laughs> That's what they should have called it, Michael. Also released, Ben, this week, and we haven't managed to see it, is Extra Normal, the Irish bloody comedy horror. Extraordinary, but that's okay. We were <laughs> going to get a sponsorship from them anyway. Uh, <laughs> bad eggs. Bad <laughs> bunch of blokes. Bad, bad bunch of blokes. Uh, we haven't managed to see that either, Michael. No. Uh, it's, been a bloody, it's been a week of missed opportunities it's bloody, here the podcast. I don't Michael. know what, Ben. It's, uh, <laughs> I have managed to read the good majority of Stephen King's new book, The Institute, though. Any sexy kids? Of course there are. <laughs> of course there are. Stephen King. Stephen though. King loves writing a sexy. She gave a swish of her thirteen-year-old hip. Yeah, which I don't like reading, Michael. I don't know. I think it's aimed at thirteen-year-olds because is it? He doesn't describe them like. Oh, do I sound like I'm? Are you? Are you apologizing? Am I, for Stephen am I a King? Stephen King apologist? It, <clears throat> excuse me. It never sounds like he's describing them as an adult describing a sexy kid. It's like he describes them. How sexy they are from a from a thirteen year old boy's perspective. It's odd. Well, to be fair, Michael, yes. John Green does the exact same thing in most of his there young you adult novels, and he got a little bit of flack for it. But he seemed to come out of the other side, no problems at all. Yeah, and his books aren't even any good. His books are rubbish. <laughs> I did read. Um, if John Green wants to sponsor the podcast, I will retract that live on air. Yeah, yeah, um, that's fair. But I did read. I've read two of John Green's books: Paper Towns, uh, Paper Towns, Looking for one. God Out. Uh, looking for Alaska oh, yeah, Which is being turned into a, a movie At the yeah. moment um, Waiting for Alaska Waiting for Alaska It's about a wedding <laughs> And they have a baked Alaska As the dessert And that's the only reason You're there So you're like And it oh, turns God. into a really weird Existentialist thing Because they're constantly Waiting for the baked Alaska But it yeah. never turns up Never turns up And uh, it's kind of like a, a 
human nature piece where yeah. they just tear each other apart before the Alaska comes. Yeah, it's like that famous play by Joyce waiting for Godot. Yeah, super famous and definitely accurate play by Joyce waiting for Godot. <laughs> waiting for Alaska. What are we doing? Waiting, waiting for podcasts. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Stephen King, the Institute, it's fine. It's uh, Imagine if Charles Xavier just kidnapped the X-Men instead of... Um, Instead of like having a nice school for them, that's is that actually what it is. That's basically it. Yeah, it's oh, a God. it's a school for gifted teens, but it's not voluntary. <laughs> is it, is it part of the in universe king? Is it part of the kingverse, or is it? I'm not going to get too deep into it there because okay, a I enough. don't really know, and b I haven't read the ending yet. So so yeah, fair so enough. It's we'll, a bit we'll, early. It's only we'll, been out a week. We'll save our fair reading though for a for a week's worth of. It's stuff. he likes a good chunky book, a chunky he tome. Does. It's a, it's a tome. king. Yeah, it's a king tome. Yeah, like a tome. But sure, look, anyway, we're not here to talk about Stephen King and sexy kids. That's not our podcast. <laughs> no. That's, that's not our podcast. That podcast is on the dark web. <laughs> and it's not by us. No. No, sir. It's by Stephen King himself. It's really weird. It's not, um, he does He does like describing a sexy teenager. I don't, I don't know if I'm into it, Michael. I'm not a fan. <laughs> it's, it's a bit weird. Anyway, yeah. what else are we talking about? Something else was released this week. Go on. And what was released this week was Fuck Mexico the Movie. Sorry? Uh, no, sorry, that's not what it's called. It's called John Ra- Rambo. Rambo, that's what it's called. Ah, yeah. I see what you did there. Rambo. I see what you did there. I went to see Rambo, Ben, last night. You didn't go. You were uh, busy. Otherwise, otherwise engaged, I was busy. let's say. <laughs> i give you a little wink. Lovely. But I went to see, I went to see Rambo. And Thank bloody, God she doesn't listen to the podcast. Bloody hell, Ben. Bloody hell, John Rambo is an awful film. An, <laughs> is it really With bad? an absolutely awful message. I, I mean, wish I'd seen it now. It's... When the action gets going, it's gruesome and horrible and disgusting. And as, as one would expect, there's a certain amount of catharsis from the violence, as as you would expect. A but holy moly, tough going. Oh God! Look, I'm stealing this directly from friend of the podcast Shane hashtag at podcast wanker. Um, he Great said man. Rambo Rambo Five is like Taken, but without Taken's joyful outlook on life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's dark. Imagine if Taken was grim and horrible and set in Mexico and just don't go to Mexico, Ben. That's the most important That's thing. That's the most important moral Mexico, of this particular yeah, story. Yeah. I've heard that from actual Mexicans though. But this is worse. <laughs> this is like look, listen to your elders and don't go to Mexico. Okay. If you go to Mexico, it will be horrible. But what about Cancun? Just don't go to Mexico, Ben. Oh, okay. Just it, if you go to Mexico, it will be very, very bad. So are we cancelling the annual podcast retreat to Cancun then? Well, I mean, if you believe the politics of the film Rambo, then yes. Okay. Build a wall, the movie they should have called it. Oh no. Yeah. Is Sylvester Stallone a pro-Trump? I don't think Sylvester Stallone is, but I think Sylvester Stallone thinks John Rambo is. And Sylvester Stallone, writer, oh. writer slash actor Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone, Stallone, I think has more of an auteur in him than we really know and would be willing to make a, a right-wing movie even if it didn't necessarily believe in his politics if he felt it was right for the character. That's fair. Rambo as a series is very interesting as a thing because it's always been very, very dark, Michael. Since Rambo First Blood. Rambo First Blood. Um, it's been a very well, dark series. Just First Blood as it's called. It's, it's it not was called very Rambo First critical Blood. of of John Rambo and the PTSD politics of post-Vietnam America. The, f- the first one is about a, a homeless drifter causing who, trouble in a town. Who murders people. No, he doesn't. Who murders police officers. No, not really. Oh. Um 
there's Did one. I watch one that movie? Yeah, I think so. One person dies in First Blood, and it's oh, kind of an accident. Yeah. Then, okay, sorry. Right. Yeah, one person at dies. the wrong end of the stick somewhere yeah. there. The the first Rambo is nothing like the following Rambos. It's yeah, it's he really weird. Into it. The guy who wrote Rambo, whose name I've forgotten, said of the new film, "I feel like less of a human having had seen it." <laughs> <laughs> That's, fuck yeah it's weird it's a weird film I don't necessarily recommend it but it's I mean, muy intensivo mm. it looked a little bit it it stank of end of Mel Gibson's career movies to me well it's um, where we watch things like Get the Gringo which was equally anti-Mexico in its uh, in its essence just don't go to Mexico Ben it's very bad is what this film would have you believe is what this film would have you believe but not what we believe if you were the Mexican tourism board would like to sponsor yeah. the podcast hola hola que tal que tal uh, tequila that's <laughs> oh, that'll probably do it <laughs> that'll, that'll probably do it that'll, uh, let's bloody move on then that sponsorship Ben how did you celebrate Batman Day uh, I didn't know it was on yeah like, neither did I I've completely missed it bit of crass marketing there isn't it uh, look I, I think I can't keep it up. I can't keep up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> Very bad. Very amateur. <laughs> ben, ladies and gentlemen, can't keep it up. <laughs> if you were Viagra, would like to sponsor. Me. <laughs> um, I've, I've, I've kind of I've kind of reached peak hashtag day. Right, go on. Uh, syndrome. I'm kind of sick of all the hashtag days. I think it was International um, Kitten Day yesterday as well. Like, uh, bats, cats. What are we? What are we? What are we picking here? What are we doing? What are we picking? Um, I think there are some important days. Um, Red Nose Day, Suicide Awareness Day, yeah. uh, National Mental Health Day is probably a good call. Bloody that cancer one with the daffodils. Yeah, yeah a bit of bit of a bit of anti cancer day. Yeah, let's let's get that. Batman That's Day, good. Though, probably not necessary. But I think Batman Day is just peak consumerism, Michael. Mm. Um, DC took the opportunity to let us to to let us know that uh, James Tinian would be taking over from from Tom King. Um, noted, My friend Tom King. No, not your friend Tom King. Noted divisive figure on this podcast. Noted divisive figure in Ben's life in general. Because Tom King. Sometimes I love Tom King. Not your friend Tom King. Um, sometimes I love what he writes, and other times I'm I'm not a fan, Michael. Other times I I struggle deeply with King esque writing. Not mm. Stephen King esque writing. Tom King esque writing. My friend Stephen King. Uh, no, not your friend Stephen King. You have a friend Stephen King. I do have a friend called Stephen King. Yeah, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Mates and Mick, the podcast. Yeah, I coming out this, this October. King. I think it's a common name in Ireland. Ben. Um, yeah, so James Tinian will be taking over. Um, James Tinian writes some very convoluted, dark stuff, so that'll be interesting to see. Oh, good. Excellent. He's like he's like the bastard love child of no, Tom we're not. King and Scott Schneider, but kind of like a hacky pastiche of them. Oh, that's very negative. Um, he no, he's written some good stuff, but it gets messy quick. He loves an alternate verse. He loves a. He loves a. He loves a retconning. He oh. Loves a. Loves a. Mm. Everything has a dark secret that we dark didn't know about earlier. That we didn't know about yeah. earlier. Yeah, and I don't. I hate that kind of writing. Like John Rambo. Yeah, John. Exactly. Oh wait, no, he doesn't know. No, no, no it's very straightforward. John, John Rambo's always been a bit of a murderous yeah, bigot. Just don't go to Mexico. No, John Rambo's not a bigot. Like he in the movie John Rambo or Rambo, whatever it's called, Rambo Last, Rambo Last Blood. Um, I wanted to call it Rambo Worst Blood, but I heard that on another podcast and I can't steal it. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, God damn it. God other podcasts get in there first. Other podcasts. Um, what was I saying? Don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, he's fine. Like He never <laughs> says, i got to kill all these, insert derogative term for Derogative Mexicans. term for Mexicans that we won't There's, use on this like, podcast. Just the film is racist. 
And, and do you think it's an anti... Do you think it's forcing people to look at that kind of rhetoric? And No, no. Oh, no, it's just, it's just no, no, cashing it's in. Just don't go near Mexico. It's the worst. Anyway, we've gone back a topic. <laughs> yep, sorry. We're going backwards in the podcast. You don't like the Batman guy. Uh, it's not that I don't like him. It's just I find that his stuff... I hate go big, on. dark, bloody secret retconning. Oh, yeah, it's not not my thing. Like when the X-Men team were actually the second X-Men team. I mean, what's that? Yeah. What, what was that? That's, That's just lazy writing. It's very important in the current run of X-Men by with Johnson Hickman. I like Hickman. So like, again, I'm torn. I don't like big dark things that nobody noticed before. Um, I just, it's just not good writing, Michael. It's unless, lazy unless it's seeded from the beginning. No, no. If you have a Hickman, don't sorry, I thought you were reaching for my I hand. I was kind of a very emotionally <laughs> rough place at the moment. Uh, <laughs> if you start your comic, yeah. And it's the one author the whole way through, and you've got yeah. little nuggets of darkness. Yeah, like kind of, like uh, a Descender. Descender's great. There's little nuggets of darkness all over Descender. It's all about finding the nuggets. Um, what are they? Lemire does it as well. Black Hammer has great little nuggets of serious mm. um, <clears throat> darkness running throughout. Didn't Lemire write Descender? Uh, yeah, it's probably Lemire. Lemire's good at a dark nugget. Mm. He's, got, he's got dark nuggets <laughs> throughout. <laughs> I don't know if we can call them that. It's like a kind of poo. It's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> I'm going to drop some dark nuggets um, off before I come in. Anyway, anyway, he what? does it quite well. And then you get the payoff. Mm-hmm. Which is great because you've you've always suspected that something's not quite right here, and then yeah, something's not quite right here. Told you. But other times, yeah. But other times, yeah. Michael, it's bloody awful. It's just like oh, but actually, but actually, Charles Xavier was evil all along. Not evil, just a bit of a dick. I like your woolen knit jumper, Ben. Thank you. Nice and autumnal. It is very autumnal. I'm, I'm in my autumnal wardrobe these days, Michael. <laughs> what are we bloody doing? You're going to see a lot more of my Dr. Martens, my big brown Dr. Martin boots, because those are very autumnal as well. Um, but anyway, Michael, Benjamin. speaking of... Oh, you're of, doing it. You're doing so, the segue. No, go on. No, go on, you do it. No, you do it. So there's, there's, quite frankly, an inappropriately cleavaged uh, action figure. I would say appropriately Standing cleavaged. in front of me. Of course you would. It's a bloody cat lady. Um, we're going to be looking at uh, the black cat, Felicia Hardy. Yes, Ben. Some people say, Ben, that some of our best episodes are when we do a pitch. A few people have said that to us, Michael. More than one person has said, that to, us, have said uh, that to us, Ben. A bloody pitch. So what we've done, Ben, is in the tradition of our previous pitches, particularly of our kind of comic book characters like our Marvel and our DCs, what we like to do is take a B or C or possibly even D-list character. In this case, D-list character. I would say Black Cat is a C-list character. You would, wouldn't you? Moon Knight is a D-list character, or was. Was he's getting a TV series? He's getting a bloody TV series now, possibly because of our influence. I think almost definitely because of our influence. Still waiting on those royalties. Marvel. <laughs> Marvel's Hercules is a D-list character. He might be getting a series eventually too, though. He's going to be in Eternals. Ah, oh, sure. Look, We're just... everyone, Ben. Everyone we talked about is is now showing up. Do remember though that Black Cat was on the slate as the movie Black Cat and Silver Sable. Yes, but then got deslated. That wasn't going to happen, was or it? Or slated. Oh, yeah. Gee. Um, but that might only make sense in a Hiberno-English colloquialism sense, doesn't no, it? No, people say slated. slated yeah. a general thing? Good. Yeah, to, I mean, Good. Um, but anyway. So, what we're going to do, Ben, is I've done a little pitch. I've been, I had a holiday, and when I'm on holiday, sometimes I like to write down stories. He does. And... One of my good one too. of the things I like about a movie, Ben, is you can really distill down a character. You can you don't have to follow any particular comic book run. You can get the essence. You can try and get the essence of a character and make it a fun little one-off adventure without having to worry about thirty years of 
retconning. And it's not 13, it's 60 years of... Things. It's uh, quite a few years. She's yeah. been around a lot longer than I thought. So, so um, Ben, Michael, why don't you bloody tell us who even is the Black Cat? Just before that. Oh, okay, sorry. Can we call this mini-series of pitches Pitch Please? <laughs> we really that's a great idea <laughs> I'm going to call those from now on at the top of the thumbnails pitch, for pitch our pitch episodes they're going to be called pitch please that's brilliant presents yeah, pitch excellent. please presents so very good that just came to me there Michael yeah. I'm just uh, you're just an ideas delighted machine with that. delighted with that well no you've done most of the legwork on today's episode but so Ben who even who even is Black Cat who even is Black Cat well, Black Cat was introduced in 1979 1979 Michael. of all so years she's much older than she looks <laughs> yeah much older than she looks it's a very sexy action figure Michael I like a sexy action figure Ben look at Iron Man there look the eyes those. are a bit uncanny valley though look at those abs she needs a repaint Pen, people can't see this. This is the Hasbro Marvel Legends. Look, we'll put it up on the twenty fourteen Black Cat. It's going up on the gram. Skyline Sirens. It's going up on the gram as a little teaser for this evening's episode. Boop, boop, um, boop, boop. Yep. Anyway, stop getting distracted by the sexy figure <laughs> and tell us who is Black Cat. She was debuted in The Amazing Spider-Man number one hundred and forty-two mm-hmm. by Marv Wolfman, Marv. who we've talked spoken about numerously on the podcast. That's not right. Many no. times. Numerous times. That's what yeah, I was trying to say. Go. Numerous times in the podcast. And Dave Cochran was the artist on this one. And she's a, she's, I think it's fair to say when she was introduced, Michael, she's a bit of a Selena Kyle ripoff. I disagree. Okay, fair enough. But go on. Um, she's a sexy cat lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, she began as a simple cat burglar. Yeah. Um, Felicia Hardy is her name. Um, she was the daughter of a famous cat burglar in the Marvel Universe. Well, supposedly famous cat burglar. Yeah, we, we never, never heard, heard of him before. before. Yeah. Um, but he was really good at what he did. Um, and he raised her with a drive to take what she wanted um, mm-hmm. and that was his whole kind of fatherly role but um, over the years a lot's been done to Felicia Hardy mm-hmm. um, sometimes she has an L superpower yeah because of Kingpin experimentation um, <laughs> you've said Kingpin the way Benedict Cumberbatch says penguins what did I say Kingpin Kingpin <laughs> <laughs> very good Kingpin yeah. uh, did a little uh, made her volunteer for an experiment and she got some superpowers and they were ill-defined superpowers at the best of times. Mm-hmm. They were one of those wishy-washy superpowers, Michael, that isn't really necessarily a quantifiable superpower. She could kind of generate bad luck. She had a bad luck aura, yeah. apparently. And Felicia Hardy, I think, has suffered from some of the worst flip-flopping and poor writing Go on. that I've ever seen in a comic book character. So she started out as a cat burglar with a strong drive. Yeah. And then she gets a bit smitten. The kitten gets smitten mm-hmm. with, with our good pal Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Peter Parker the Spider-Man. And then she becomes his vigilante stalker. Yeah, a little bit. Kind of. Mm-hmm. And she's a bit obsessive and very clingy. Mm-hmm. And she does awfully weird things to get his attention. Yeah. And sometimes she's a baddie. Yeah. And sometimes she's a goodie. In recent issues, she was a flat out baddie. Yeah, she's, a, she's a, a kingpin all her own. Yeah. A kingpin. But she's back now. All she's around. back to being a and cat she's burglar. She's back to being a, a cat burglar. And it's it's a lot of flip-flopping, Michael. It's hard to keep up with Felicia Hardy's flip-flopping. And one of the most interesting things I find is you and I both know that Jeff Loeb 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 is not beloved on this podcast. No, one of our arch nemeses. But I find that yeah. Jeff Loeb stole a lot of Felicia Hardy's characterization and used it for his Catwoman in the either love it or hate it hush run that he did in 2000. 
I think nine. Well, that's actually what I was going to bring up earlier, Ben, yeah. when you said she was kind of a rip-off of Catwoman. Yeah, I've come a loop. I've looped. You've kind of looped a little bit. Sorry, my brain was doing the mathematics as because I was doing most of the research for the podcast this morning, Michael. Mm. Um, and my brain has been doing the mathematics as I spoke, which often happens to me. Yeah. And I've come to a realisation Well, in medius res. I've always had this thing in my head that, and now that I'm about to say it live with a couple of hundred people listening, it's not live, I can edit it out, but you know what I mean. You're not um, no, I'm going to say it. I'm not going to edit it out. Yeah. I've always believed that Catwoman obviously came first. Yes. But Catwoman was a kind of purple-wearing, big cat-themed burglar. Yes. And Felicia Hardy was a cat burglar. And used that as the theme. Yeah. Whereas Catwoman wasn't really a cat burglar. She was a cat-themed burglar. True. And then... Catwoman later became a cat burglar. Huh. I've always believed that. Now that I've said it out loud, I'm not sure it's true. Hmm. So I think there was a kind of uh, a tete-a-tete of inspiration between the two characters. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, And Felicia Hardy was usually more on the side of good. Usually. And Catwoman was usually more on the side of bad. She was was a prime villainess at one point. But at this stage in their character development, you could probably merge them into one character. They're almost the same. But as I said, one one of the things that I find really difficult about um, Black Cat is she could be a very interesting character. But when she's written, she's either psychotically sexy, mm-hmm. which is a trope that I don't ever enjoy. Except in real life. Except in real life, which is just <laughs> great. Um, to all those psychotically sexy women out there, thank you so much yeah, uh, for a lot being of you. Yeah, I just have, have a great life sometimes. It's great. Um, but anyway, aside from that, She's irritatingly psychotically sexy mm-hmm. on occasion. It's one of those really aggressive, like, I'm so sexy and I'm going to use it as a way. And it's pointless characterization on occasion. I'm a sexy sexer. No, yeah, no, no, no. and it's pointless characterization on occasion. But other times she's this weak, desperate character. Mm-hmm. There's one arc um, somewhere around the 90s where she goes away to Europe, yeah. has a lovely time in Europe. Oh, lovely. And she does a comeback. Yeah. And she finds out that Peter Parker's with Mary Jane Watson now. Oh, holy moly. They've done and got hitched. Um, and she has a mental breakdown oh. because she got hitched. And so what does she do? She ruins his life oh. as a psychotic revenge. Awful motivation for a female character. Uh, yeah. And not great writing. Not good. <laughs> That's not what you want. But I think probably the thing that I dislike most about Felicia Hardy's convoluted back history is Go the on. retconning, Michael. Constant retconning. And much in the theme of this podcast, Michael, bloody deep dark secret. What's the deep dark secret? She was bloody sexually assaulted as a freshman. Kevin Smith. At university. Kevin Smith. Smith. Um, Kevin Smith did a run on, on the Black Cat in her own series yeah in her own well, mini series what was it called The Evil That Men Do The Evil That Men Do is that what it was yeah. called with with noted noted sexy lady drawer Terry Dodson Terry Dodson yeah Dodson Dodson um, Dodson was actually my introduction to sexy comic book ladies like, mm. um, and Adam Hughes do you know Adam Hughes of course he I know does Adam the lovely Hughes. pastel they're sexy one of, ladies they're the kind of triumvirate of sexy comic book lady drawers yes and I very often confuse Adam Hughes with Terry Dodson's work actually there's probably four there's four sexy comic book lady Quadrum drawers uh, no Adam Hughes yes. Terry Dodson Frank Cho mm. and uh, J. Scott Campbell yes they're your kind of yes. they are kind of classic nineties sexy comic book lady drawers. All of whom yeah. are obsessed with Black Cat and Mary Jane Watson. I know, yeah. They're just they're, they're the four loop in the portfolio. I'd say they should do a podcast, the four of them. <laughs> that would be that would be a good podcast. Formative women. Speaking of uh, podcasts, did you hear that uh, Aaron 
Aaron Eisenberg, Eisenberg, who played Nog in Deep Space Nine, died. No, I didn't hear about yeah. that at all. It's very, very shame. He's fifty. That's a strange segue, Michael. Yeah, I know. I, he had a podcast, and it made me remember. Very oh, sad. And he's lost the podcast. Well, he's dead. Oh, he's dead, Ben. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the least of his worries. What we're doing from Beyond the Grave, then? No, no. That'd be a great no, name for a podcast, Beyond the Grave. Very difficult to pull off. Um, yeah. Anyway, look, Ben. Sorry. You're right. No, I, I agree uh, with a lot of what you said there. But there was, uh, <coughs> yes, the 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 Kevin Smith fridging of Felicia Hardy, um, and it's not fridging in the traditional sense of no. her dying to motivate a male character. It's, I can't remember what we call that trope. I can't remember the trope where it's women have to get raped to have any sort of interest. Um, it's, the, it's the grit backstory. It's the women have to have some kind of trauma in their life to be interesting. Um, which I don't believe in real life, by the way. Sorry, let me be very clear on that. It's a trope that I very much dislike. And she suffers from that. She's um, sexually assaulted as a freshman at NYU. What I did find out, which is very funny, just to lighten up the tone there. Lighten it up there a bit. Um, is that she comes from Flushing, New York. Yeah, which Flushing. Which I thought was a hilarious name. It's in Queens. For a, for a place in Queens. Flushing, New York. Yeah, Flushing, Queens. Um, get out of the bowl. It's where the nanny lives, isn't it? From the show The Nanny. I don't know what that is. With Fran Drescher. Oh, I have no idea. You've never seen The Nanny? No, sorry. Okay, well, that's what we'll do after. We'll yeah, watch we're going to go watch The Nanny. Um, but she's occasionally a very interesting character. Um, my favourite version of her is uh, the animated series, uh, Felicia Hardy, because she's very sexy in that. You um, liked her in the sweater vest, and did that you? Was quite, I liked that sweater vest combo. In fact, <laughs> I believe that sweater vest combo is still something that has an effect on me oh, to this day. To because good. I'll occasionally meet a lady and they'll be like, oh, she's oh, very she's refined and sexy. Nice like, why, sweater do you, vest. why do you think that? She has a sweater vest. And sometimes it has a, sometimes it has a polo neck. A little polo neck colour on it. And mm. chokers are still a thing for me. I was, mm-hmm. I was a big fan of the mm. uh, 2015, 2016, 2017 revival of the 90s choker. Um, <laughs> which is... Well, welcome to Ben's <laughs> fetish hour, everybody. <laughs> Not a fetish, just, just just an attraction point. Okay. Um, but yeah. I am going to propose to you uh, oh. a, a movie. Very unexpected, Michael. Yes. A Black Cat movie. Go on. Uh, and the Black Cat movie, Ben, one of the things that I've always felt that Black Cat suffers from is being a supporting character. Mm. Because with supporting characters, you can flip-flop them around depending on what the main character needs. And that's no good for consistency. No. So we're going to do a film in which the black cat, Ben, is the main character. Ooh. Isn't that exciting? Yes, it is actually. Yeah. So, um... A quick quick yeah, point, of, point of clarification. Yeah. Will there be sexy sweater vests? If you want. Oh, yes. We'll, we'll talk about it now. Get the fuck in. <laughs> so anyway, right? Uh, <laughs> this film will be set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> or possibly the ongoing Sony Spider-Man cinematic universe, which seems to be a fucking which thing. seems to be a thing. Who bloody knows? And it will be set Ben, let's say, about three years from now. Okay. Which actually, funnily enough, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, will make it twenty twenty six. Yes, because, because of the jump. time the time jump, which will become relevant, and I'll tell you why. The blip. Something to remember. A blip. Um, the other thing to remember, Ben, is that the last Spider-Man film ended with his identity being revealed by J. Jonah Jameson. Revealed. Right. So that's where we're set up. We're set up. That's where we are. Mm-hmm. So first of all, Ben, a bit of casting. Oh, obviously you have to have a bit love, of casting. Love a bit of casting. You have to have Michael. a bit of casting. The main character is obviously Black Cat. She is. And for Black Cat, Ben, I have cast Jaden Smith. Didn't see that coming. No. Well, Ben, screw you and your gender normative, heteronormative, racial stereotypes. Okay. Black Cat. No, it's Taylor Swift. Am I joking? Okay. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Feck off. No, no, I'm, I'm out now. I'm I don't done. care. You can get out. This is where, this is this is the kind of twist of the whole thing. Here's the reasons why it's Taylor Swift, Ben. Have you ever seen? You've spoiled this for me. Oh, 
So much so that you've kicked the action figure <laughs> off the table. Have you ever seen the the video the music video for "Look at What May You Made Me Do" yeah, I hate it. by Taylor Swift? I hate it. That it's is forced sexy. She's trying to be edgy. She's not actually an edgy person. Um, and it's not sexy. It's well, just forced sexy. It's look I, at me. I'm aggressively sexy. Ideal. Tactics. Hate it. That's the point. No, we should make a non-aggressively sexy Catwoman because she doesn't need to be aggressively sexy. Ben, you haven't. Even, it's not. First of all, it's not Catwoman. Second of all, you haven't even listened to the pitch yet. No, I haven't. <laughs> you've just had a whinge. And then you've posed the action figure in the most unnecessarily <laughs> sexy pose of the whole afternoon. I couldn't make a stand normally, so, so I made yeah. a sit. So it's, uh, I have to tell you who it was before we start, right? So it's, uh, it's 2026, Ben. Yeah. And um, we, we open, yes. our, we open our, our film on a bank. Classic. Classic. Classic, right? And into the bank walks a young lady in a sweater vest. Mm. Oh, yes. Um, I'm back on board. I knew you would be. In a sweater vest with a, a nice little polo collar. Um, she's coming into the bank to do some banking. I don't I'm know. It doesn't really matter, right? Uh, and she she joins the queue in the bank. The bank is in New York. Very polite. Yeah, she joins the queue. Mm. And just ahead of her in the queue, there's a kind of scruffy... Nervous looking guy, dude, and she's like, she she notices him, and she's like, who the hell is this guy? Who what's what's he is, doing? What's this all about? Yeah, it's Conor McGregor. <laughs> he goes, who, the, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> who the fuck is this? <laughs> right, and so he's all nervous. Maybe we get Conor McGregor to play him. Oh, so, let's not give him any more press. So he, uh, so he's all nervous and a bit edgy, and she's kind of keeping an eye on him, and she takes a kind of step back a little bit, back away from him. Yeah, because you don't want to be mixed up with this guy's. You don't want to mix up with this guy's business. So this guy gets up to the front of the queue to no one's surprise Ben not even ours he pulls out a gun look it's, it's pretty obvious Michael. and he waves it at the cashier and he's like don't press that button bitch and she's like oh I won't press the button and oh, he's like waving around slurs. we don't like exactly those. right and he uh, he takes out everyone starts screaming and like trying to run away and he's like everybody stop running away don't run away everybody he points the gun he's at not the, very good at this though no he no. points the gun at the young lady who walked in he says you stay there bitch <laughs> Maybe less bitch, and uh, he takes out a bag Is it of Freddy Krueger. He takes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Robert England, <laughs> and he takes out a, a bag, and he's like, "Fill this money up, bag, bitch." <laughs> and the cashier says, "We don't have that much cash on the. We're a bank. We don't bank. Cash it's twenty twenty six. What do you, what do you want here?" It's and he's like, "You days. better fill it up, or else get your hand off that alarm." And she's like, "You better fill it up, or else I bloody, I'll bloody shoot you! I swear to God, bitch, bitch." <laughs> So everyone's like, oh, this guy's an asshole anyway, isn't he? And um, at that moment, Ben, yeah. by an act of pure coincidence, two on-duty but not fully, like, not cognizant of the situation cops walk in. Stroll in. Two cops stroll in. Donuts in hand? Donuts and coffee. <laughs> one man, one lady. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Good. Two character actors. Very balanced. Two you we know, like. Two, 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 two policemen, two police people. A tuddock and a... Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, a maybe... A tuddock and a bell. Yeah, something like that. And you say, oh, I know those two. Maybe not Kristen Bell. She might be too famous. too famous. But, you know, two two of those people. Yeah. Oh, it's one of those people. Oh, I know that guy. You know that guy? Oh, that guy. You know that guy? Um, maybe you're one who voices Mabel. What's her name? Kirsten Shaw. Yeah, maybe someone like that. That's a good call. Yeah. I'd, I'd watch a Kirsten Shaw yeah. walk in. Yeah. And they walk in and they like... John DiMaggio maybe be the other cop? Someone like that. I told you could be a good shout as well. Yeah. Anyway, they mm. realise, what the heck? And they pull their guns. Yes. 
on the crook, on the on the bank robber. Robert England. On Robert England. He's like, don't put your guns at me, bitch. So he grabs the young lady. Yes. And he holds the gun to her head. Oh, no. And he says, back off, back off, get Such away. Such tension. All right. So everyone's like, oh, this is going very badly. Um, oh, no. So the guy starts, the robber starts backing away and backing away. And he's pointing the gun at her and he's pointing the gun. And she's like, ah, she's like screaming. Ah. And, oh, she's screaming. Oh, yeah. She's oh. terrified. Oh, okay. Right. So he eventually brings her towards an office, kicks the office open backwards, you know, like a donkey kick. Yeah, classic. Yeah, and then backs in, pointing the gun at her so the cops can't... Get him in the back. Get him in the back and so on. So he shoves, or he, he goes in, shoves the door shut, and the police go over, and the woman's trying to talk to him, and the man's trying to kick the door open, and he's like kicking the door, and he's saying, God, do a New York cop tell God him. Damn it, open the door. Yeah, exactly. Right. And the guy inside is like, I'm not opening the door. If you don't get away, I'm going to kill this bitch. Bitch. Yeah, maybe he doesn't say bitch as much. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll ease off England. We don't have a choice yeah, here. Yeah, I'll ease off on that. And then the, the lady cop is like, just let her out. Just come on. No one needs to get hurt. Everything's fine. And the two cops are like, not great. <laughs> they're not good at their job. They're not... They're not this isn't their job. Like, they're not hostage negotiators. This is, or, yeah, this is, this is above the pay grade. Exactly. For a standard beat cop in New York. Yeah. yeah. So, um, anyway, we, we spend a bit of time with them trying to talk to her. Mm. Eventually, the guy says, okay, I'm going to come out. I'm, I'm coming out. Okay. He slides the gun under the door. Oh, good. Uh, the cop picks up the gun. And they He opens the door. He comes out hands up. They arrest him quite roughly. Good. And the young lady, played by Taylor Swift, obviously, is obviously. all, uh, her hair is all messed up and she's crying. and Very sad. And the the lady cop helps her up and says, ma'am, are you okay? <laughs> Just a bit, a bit shocked. And they bring her out and the back, the cashier starts a round of applause. Oh, and it's a classic New York moment. Exactly, yeah. it's a classic New York moment. And everyone clapped. The two cops um, have the guy in cuffs and they're dragging them out and they're saying they say to the lady ma'am you're going to have to come down to the station you say that in a New York voice ma'am you're going to have to come down to the station and give a statement exactly and she goes can I just can I just do a bit of banking first or whatever right so haven't we all been there the two cops leave with the with the crook got him as they're leaving in walks in the classic MCU disguise Peter Parker. <gasps> now, people know him. Is it an owl hat on the head with hat, sunglasses? Hat, sunglasses, yeah. hoodie. Baseball cap, sunglasses. Yeah. Exactly. The, mar- yeah. the MCU disguise. Because yeah. people know him, but he still has to do his banking. And he's kind of going, you can do a Peter Parker voice, can't you? Oh, uh, hey, everybody. Did I, did I miss it? Yeah, good. But like he's, no, but it's just Peter Parker. But he can't not say Spider-Man. It now, he Exactly. Says, so, yeah. He's like, who pays in checks in 2026? Yeah. So he's coming in to cash his check. And he happens to see it. And as they're walking past, his Peter Tingle goes it's, off it's, a little it's, bit. It's a Peter Tingle. Just a little Peter Tingle. A little Peter Tingle. And he's like, Pete oh, well, it's pretty normal, I suppose. It's a bank. Yeah. There's cameras on me. Exactly. Security. So, uh, the young lady leaves. And as she's leaving, she fixes her hair, cleans off her makeup, walks around the corner. Around the corner, the cop car is stopped and she gets in. Oh. Then we see a flashback. And in the flashback, we see that the moment that the crook closed the door when he went into the office, she rolled backwards onto his shoulders, jumped up into an air vent. Oh. When she was in the air vent, she pressed a button on her chest and a black cat nano costume appeared. Oh, I love a nano costume. Then she put on a blonde wig and a domino mask, 
and ninjaed through some air ducts and whatnot into an office upstairs. Right? Yes, for some data, maybe. Right. She put a USB into a thing. Mm. And then she did... And then she does the reverse ninja and back down. And just when she gets back down, she touches the thing. It goes back into the necklace. No one's the wiser. And she messes up her hair, streaks her makeup. And then that's when the guy still lies out the gun and they come out. So she gets in. She's in on it. The cops are not real cops. They're her crew. And the robber isn't a real robber. It's a whole It was all her crew. So she's kind of explaining that to them and it all went well. And she says, everything's all right. Alarms go off tonight at 11. That's when we'll come back. Nice. Huh? Nice. Just as she's explaining that, Spider-Man lands on the roof and says, hey, guys. Hey. Yeah. You left this behind. (laughs) Right. And um, then they all go, oh, crap. Yeah. Because it's Spider-Man. Exactly. She hits the disguise again. Becomes Black Cat very quickly, so he he doesn't see her face. Yeah. She does the same backward roll. Because she's very flexible. Very flexible. Kicks out the back window. Because she's kind of strong, too. Because she's kind of strong. And disappears. Is it the nano suit that makes her strong? We don't know. I don't know, Van, is it? Who bloody knows? So uh, uh, the, the cops, the cops, get out of the car and they're like, back off, Spider-Man. This is a, an arrest. And he's like, you guys aren't real cops. Uh, yeah. And, you know, a classic Spider-Man versus thugs fight where he very casually... Nice quip, like, isn't your badge usually on the left? Yeah, or something like that. Um, he very casually disarms them, webs nice. them up. Nice. All three of them. Um, For people cash. are filming, though. Oh, no. And people are filming Spider-Man catching cops. Oh, no. Exactly. Oh. Not ideal. This is not what we want at all. No, not for Spider-Man. No. Very bad. Bad timing. But he looks around and he notices that the fourth lady's gone. He's like, what the hell Dag is Dag Where He's like, hey lady, come back. Where'd you go, lady? <laughs> no, I wasn't done. There's more. <laughs> so she gets away, but the heist is ruined. Ruined. Ruined by Spider-Man. Bloody Spider-Man. He's a menace. That's our bloody opening scene, Ben. It's a very strong opening scene. Mm-hmm. Right. Then... Of course, um, at night, she goes back to the bank because, you know, she opened up the vault yeah. anyway. She only needs one person. She hits the thing. She was probably going to betray all those cop guys anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So she hits the thing and she goes in through the window, through the laser grid. Oh. And, you know, she gets the <laughs> thing that she was there for. But as she's leaving, she goes up onto the roof and there's bloody Spider-Man. Spider-Man. And he's like, hey, lady, you got away later. Yeah. And then we have a classic Spider-Man black cat chase scene. Ah, it's a classic. Exactly. It's through, a classic. Through the streets, uh, over the rooftops, you know, maybe along a train. Maybe she manages to get a claw into a train. Um, and gone. And no, no, he keeps catching, he keeps chasing oh, okay. her. Um, she keeps having incidents of good luck. Oh. Like Spider-Man lands on the edge of a building and it crumbles, whereas it was fine for her. Or... You know, a train passes at exactly the right moment for her to... And he's like... Just stick the hand out and... Yeah. And he's like, damn, she's lucky. Uh, right? And that's how she escapes. But now she's like, damn it, Spider-Man's, Spider-Man's on our case. Damn. 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 Right? So... I was two days from retirement. We find out... Yes. ...that she's doing all of this robbing... Yes. ...on behalf of the criminal mastermind... Tomb, not Tombstone, Hammerhead. Hammerhead. Oh, good. I like Hammerhead. And Hammerhead's like, you better do this or else I'll do a bad thing on you. 
It's probably we can get our dad involved. Yeah, motivational purposes. Yeah, I, I, I bloody I know where your dad is. I'll, I'll break his legs and whatnot. Yeah, it's a and shame your dad's stuck in prison, sweetheart. Yeah, it's a dangerous place in prison. Your dad's not stuck in prison because there's the thing. Ah, but, damn it. Um, he. I'll stop adding. <laughs> no, it's fine. But he he's like, okay, we need we you got that thing that we needed. Now yeah. we need you to get this piece of thing from Stark. Oh, Stark. Right? So there's a specific Stark. piece of Stark tech that she is being forced to go after. To acquire. Right. Um, now, all the Black Cat stuff's finished. Okay. Now we go back to Felicia Hardy. Oh. And we see, we follow Felicia Hardy. Now, this depends on what Spider-Man's doing in his life. If he's in university, she's going to the same university. It's going to be a uni thing. Yeah, it? if he's in, like, first year of college... Yeah. He meets her in college, and it's she's a like, a little tingle? "No, he's no. like, she's like, hey Peter," and he's like, "Hi," and she do goes, "I know you." Yeah, do I know you? And she's like, "It's me, Felicia," and she's like, uh. and she was like, uh, "We were in AP chemistry together." Yeah, because she didn't get snapped. Oh, so she's a little bit older. So she's like twenty-seven, twenty-eight. Boom. He's twenty-two. Boom. So he's like, uh, uh, boom! You've 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 grown up, uh, uh, and she's in her you know her sexy sweater vest, and she's like, he's having a Ben moment. I so this it. is why it's Taylor Swift, because personally, Ben, I don't really like Taylor Swift. Good, because I don't either. But so can we just recast her? No, please? because there's so many really important points why she's a good choice. First of all, people love her. Do they? Yes, she has a massive fan base. Why? The reason that a lot of people don't like her is the reason that a lot of people love her. Because she's not very good? I don't know, but people like her. She has a kind, she has exactly the right kind of vibe for this character. Okay. So, also, she's the same height as Zendaya. Important, I suppose. Because they're both, they would be eye to eye, and both of them a good bit over Tom Holland. Tom Holland's quite small. He's only about five six. That's tough because mm. Zendaya is what six. Feet? No, no, Zendaya's only about, she's about five nine, five ten. Okay, uh, but significantly taller than Tom Holland. Oh yeah, significantly taller than Tom Holland. So anyway, he meets her and she's he's like, do it? Do I know you? And she's like, Felicia, I was in your AP chemistry, and and he's like, oh, my, how you've grown. And she's like, oh, stop it, Peter. Hopefully less. Creepy than that. <laughs> well, look, I'm not good at dialogue, Ben. Especially it's, not dialogue of the romantic nature. That's, that's my so, field. See, look. like my Felicia, how, how you Bye, grown. Felicia. <laughs> don't, spoil, don't spoil that. That's for later. Um, so, Felicia and Peter seem to be, you know, building a relationship. Oh, a rapport. Um, I think a good little trick of the of the movie would be for Peter to be constantly worried what MJ is going to think. Well, it's just a classic trope. But for MJ to be completely not bothered. <laughs> well, it's a good reversal of that <laughs> yeah, exactly. role. And she'd be like, whatever, dude. <laughs> yeah, because it's kind of more in her character. Yeah, and it would be good for, like, maybe Felicia to be a little bit, a tiny bit catty, and MJ to not even react. Yeah. And just be like, whatever. Okay, um, have fun. Yeah, so anyway, Peter and uh, and Felicia's relationship is... Building a little bit. Yes. At the same time that Peter is trying to track down this black cat. Person. So the world knows he's Spider-Man. The world, some of the world, people don't madly care. Oh. 
Well, that's good. Because people knew who Tony Stark was. Yeah, and Captain he, America was. Captain America. It's not Secret, secret identities are not an MCU thing, yeah. really. So he's just trying to live his normal yeah. life. He's like a, a moderately famous celebrity going to university. Luke Cage. No, he's more famous than Luke Cage, I'd say. But he's like, he's like if, say, bloody... You know Jack Gleason. Yeah. You know how Jack Gleason went to Trinity and people sometimes you, I, saw him and said, I, I was hey, Jack, often you. at parties with yeah. Jack Gleason. You know, he's like that. Some, I, once, I was once at a urinal with Jack Gleason. It was very strange. See, some people yeah. would say that about Peter Parker. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and it's he's kind of surprised by how much it hasn't affected his life. Oh, good. But anyway, we're not talking about Peter Parker. It's not, he's a, yeah. he's a secondary character in this. It's, this is a black cat film. Yeah. So, uh, in the vein of... Do you remember how Captain America Civil War was a political thriller? Yes. And probably the Loved most popular it. Marvel film. Cause it's it, fucking great. Do you remember how we were told Ant-Man was going to be a heist film? Yes. And then it wasn't. Not at all. It was a superhero film. It was a superhero Black film. Black Cat is going to be a heist film. Like a proper heist film. A proper like heist George film. George Clooney's going to slide in at some point and give us a breakdown with a couple of quick snapshot montages. Yeah, but it'll be Black Cat. Great. <laughs> right? So Can George Clooney play Black Cat? Yes. Oh, great. No, it's Taylor Swift. Oh, um, I got all excited about George Clooney. <laughs> so, um, we find out that her, her the big heist of the movie is going to be um, breaking into Stark Industries to get this thing for Hammerhead so that um, he, he'll leave her alone or leave whoever he's threatening alone. Great. Hammerhead has also hired some heavies who are going to do it the old-fashioned way. I love your commitment to the term heavies. Yeah, he's he's hired some heavies. Maybe the demolition crew. <gasps> you know, something like I that. I love the demolition crew. They're such a weirdly obscure Marvel <laughs> yeah. set of villains. So maybe them. them. And they're his backup. They're like, if you don't get this done, we're knocking down the building could we're we, taking it. Could we have them less hilarious than usual and just have them nanotech outfitted in some way? Uh, no, because I, like, I think that would be a little bit too... All the Spider-Man villains have cobbled together nanotech. Yeah, fair. So anyway. Go on. Um, she builds a crew. Again. She starts building a crew, a new crew. One of the guys she gets is the tinkerer from, from Spider-Man oh, Homecoming. Because he didn't get arrested, I don't think. Danny DeVito? Uh, no, he was in it. Remember, oh, he was forgot. the guy who was building Vulture's tech. Oh, yeah, okay. So, so she gets him she, back. She gets him back. That's a classic Marvel trope at this point. Bring back Bring characters. Back, yeah. yeah. So she builds a little crew. Uh, she She busts the the cops and the guy out of prison hmm. uh, so she go, gets them and they're like I don't know you managed, you got us caught last time how are you going to stop this Spider-Man guy and she's like oh well look I've got a plan don't worry about don't it don't worry I'll deal with it I'll deal with it so you know that's a good 20 minute se- sequence where they're setting it up sure. staking out the place yeah. looking at security cameras it's an important montage planning everything um, so it comes to the evening of the heist exactly um, oh I forgot to say something it was another little thing go, go, go. I have to go back remember during the chase yes. uh, she falls off a couple of buildings yeah yeah and lands in like a bale of hay in the city she's very lucky she's very lucky and later on she has claws that retractable can kind of, claws, retractable claws that can kind are of they, cut through they're genetic or they're part of the glove well later on this is why I forgot to ask mm-hmm. later on someone asks like Spider-Man asks her how do you do that? How do you do that? And she says, uh, you wouldn't believe me. You know, in their kind of flirty yeah, yeah. chase. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, you never know, lady. I'm, I believe a lot of things. Yeah. And she tells him she was scratched by a cursed cat. Ah. 
And he's like, oh, wow, lady. Yeah. I was bitten by a radioactive oh, spider. I was bitten by a radioactive spider. It's crazy. <laughs> and he's like, and she's like, oh, wow, that is kind of crazy. But then we see, we flash back. Uh, sorry, later she's talking to her crew. Come on. And she says, um, half the world disappeared for five years. It was pretty easy to steal things. Yeah. And then it cuts to Oakland. Look at you. Yeah, go on. It cuts to Oakland, California. In 2020. In Oakland. No, sorry. Oakland, California in, in 2023. Yeah. Right? And Shuri and Black Panther <gasps> are at the Wakandan Outreach Center. <gasps> and Shuri's like, take a look at this, brother. Look at this suit that I made. It's a little bit more feminine. I think we'll get away with this just about. <laughs> so and she's that like, was tough. That was a pretty a, good Shuri take, impression for, a, for a 30-something-year-old white man. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> He's like, sister, you're not Black Panther. You can't make a... And she's like, it's not It's not, it's not a Black Panther. It's just a nanotech. I'm just seeing how... It just was. toying around with some stuff. And they open the vault and the Black Panther, female Black Panther suit that Shuri had made for herself is gone. Bloody gone. Was Shuri not blipped? She was, but they this is back blipped. after the blip. Ah, okay. That's this why is, she... That's post blip. That's why Black, Pan- Black Cat was able to steal it. Because uh, after Shuri blip, wasn't there. Was, uh. So Shuri made it before the blip. She's like, this is something I was working on before uh, we all disappeared. Look at that. And she's look like, at what you did. Where is it? It's gone. It's bloody. Where is the bloody thing? But um, it's very obviously a Black Panther suit. So that's why she wears white gloves over it. To give it her own kind and of. And that's why she wears a white collar around it. Mostly not to give it her own look. Just so. People don't recognize it. Wakanda don't come after her, basically. But that explains a lot of why she's able to survive these lucky falls. Because the vibranium. Because it's a vibranium suit. It's not actually the awnings that are stopping her. Because if you land on an awning, you'll probably still die. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to go well. Yeah, but she has a vibranium suit. She's made up a story here about a cursed cat so that Wakanda doesn't. Wakanda doesn't look into her. Uh, Spider-Man is thrown off guard. He thinks she has superpowers rather than it's just the suit. It's just that's a tech suit. Exactly. So anyway. Uh, I like it. I like it. My- Michael, this is the kind of thing I love about a Michael pitch. This is a good pitch. I love, I like a pitch. I love the little details that go into a Michael pitch. I'm a big fan. So Ben, they have to break in and get this tech. Go on. All right. And it's a classic heist. I'm, you know, so, in- I'm so into it now. Michael. Some of them are distracting the guards. Ah. And... Everyone is like, what are we going to do if Spider-Man shows up? And she's like, don't worry. I got this. I got this. We cut back to her as Felicia trying to kind of seduce Peter. (gasps) He's more nervous what MJ is going to think. But she's like, Peter, you've got to meet me to help me finish this project. (gasps) And he's like, "Okay, I'll meet you at the. I'll meet you at the bloody Empire State Building to finish your project. But then we gotta not. Uh, we gotta so, not do all this stuff. So she has her her. She has removed Peter from the scenario. From the scenario, he's got a rendezvous with someone who isn't there. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, they're like, "What if he does show up?" And she okay. says, "Don't worry, I I know what to do if he does show <laughs> up." So they do the heist. They do the classic heist. The classic heist. You know, she flips over a laser grid. There's a little bit of tension at some <laughs> point. Tension. A classic cliche. Drop of sweat falls. Exactly. Yeah. One of the. Ooh, ooh, go ooh. on. I have a little inspired dialogue thing. It's like, go what on. if you sweat? And she just says, "I don't sweat." I don't sweat. Yeah. Here we yeah. go. And then one of the one of the guards doesn't do what he's expected to do, and she has to give him a little fight. Oh. Uh, you know, just a little simple fight. A black widow leg throw. A leg throw kick. thing. Yeah. yeah. And um, the whole time. Um, the whole time, bloody, the wrecking crew are starting to get into position because they're like, she's not going to do this, boss. Let us just go in and, and wreck the place. Yeah. And then uh, she triggers 
accidentally a silent Stark Tech alarm. Mm. Nice. And bloody Spider-Man unexpectedly shows up. Hi again. And he's like, hey, hi, it's me. And You know alarms have moved on from bells, right? Yeah. Um, so he, he comes, he... He turns off the security code to let himself in because he's Stark Tech he's access. Bloody, he's got the fucking magic glasses. He's got the magic glasses. The E that probably goes yeah. into the suit by and now. And it's like he has him as a contact or something. He sees her and he's like, uh, "Edith, deactivate security protocols. I got this." And she's like, "Okay, here's the deal." Takes off the wig, <gasps> and she's like, "And he's like, oh my god, it's you, Felicia." <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, "Listen, here's the deal." Um. Let me take this. Need this. I need this. And he's like, I just can't let you just walk out of here. And she's like, no, but I, look, I need this. It's for my dad or something. I'm not a bad bloke. Um, you have to you have to help me out here. And just as that's happening, the wrecking crew bust, bust in. in. And then we have Spider-Man and Black Cat. The wrecking crew. Versus the wrecking crew. It ends with uh, Spider-Man taking the thing. But, again, reporters and police arrive. They see the wrecking crew wrecking the place. Oh, no. And Spider-Man leaving with the thing. Bloody Spider-Man getting a hard time. Exactly. Right? Go on. So, it looks like everything has gone terribly. Her crew all ditch and escape. And then she she legs it and she's like... I'm, I'm, I'm she's like he's like, okay, I'll let you go. This you can't once. Have, you can't have this thing. This one fucking time. You can't have this thing but I'm going to let you go. Yeah. Then she goes back to Hammerhead and she's like, Spider-Man ruined it. You sent your guys in. Spider-Man has the thing. This is not This is between you and the spider now. And Hammerhead's like, get out of here. I'll get you next time. Ah. Then she leaves and we flash back to the very, 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 very beginning of the film. Good, good. And at the very beginning, we see Felicia Hardy finding out on the news that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Then she follows him and she follows him for a couple of weeks and she learns that he has a a, a dead end job that still pays in checks despite it being 2026. No. And he cashes his check every Tuesday at three o'clock in that particular bank. No. Then we flash back to when uh, they were driving away in the getaway car with the police car. And one, one of the guys says, there's someone driving too close behind us. He's going to give us away. And when Spider-Man lands, we see her kicking out the back window, rolling back. She rolls under the car. No. She rolls under the car that was behind them. D-Nanos. Open, oh, D-Nanos opens a hatch, gets in the car, and she's like, hey, Dad. Get to fuck. Exactly. And then we see that all of the lucky things that happened when Spider-Man were chasing her. She had spent hours setting, setting up. them up. It was all part of the plan. Exactly. When she takes the thing that she stole from the vault, the first vault in, yeah, the, yeah. in the bank, vault number one, throws it away. The whole the whole point was to get on Spider Man's radar, ah. because she knew she couldn't beat the wrecking crew. She knew she couldn't get what she really needed. Blockhead off her back. She knew she couldn't break Blockhead. in... What's his name? Hammerhead. Hammerhead. <laughs> she knew she couldn't break into Stark. It's too high Blockhead's tech. Blockhead's like my favourite term. <laughs> so the whole, the whole movie was her orchestrating Spider-Man coming and turning off the security 
Michael, I'm sure. So that she could get in. It turns out she wasn't even there for the thing that Hammerhead had Once forced in the her. first place. She's getting something for dad. She got something for dad on the sly. Oh, what? Uh, the whole time. What, Michael? The whole time. I've been hoodwinked. Joe Peter's like, I've been hoodwinked. And Mary Jane's like, dude. I could have told you that. <laughs> could have told you that. And then she escapes. Her crew all meet up and they're like, success. And they're like, yeah, good job, everybody. Oh, it's a classic Ocean's heist. 11. Cla- it's a heist film. And it doesn't matter what it is. Are we pulling a Quentin Tarantino golden box? You could do a bloody a MacGuffin. Oh, Whatever. It doesn't matter what you. it is. It doesn't matter what it is. Look at you. It doesn't bloody matter what oh, it is. I'm so impressed. Yeah. So the reason it was Taylor Swift is, have you seen J. Scott Campbell's... Yeah, have you looks, seen, yeah, I understand why he's he's clearly referencing Taylor Swift. Uh, well, Michael, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a secondary pitch. Taylor Swift has been ruined as a casting choice for this movie because she's going to be in the much maligned Cats musical adaptation, <laughs> and she can't be two cats at once, especially a terrible cat like that. Second of all, I don't think she's a good enough actress to pull that off. Third of all, I don't know if she is. I think a lot of the thing about it is that I don't know. I think that image there, Taylor Swift, the bath full of diamonds, that's very black cat. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna pitch Margot Robbie. No, not Margot Robbie. You need someone with a lot of oomph. Definitely to get that not role. Margot Robbie. No, you're wrong. My backup choice is Cara Delevingne. I was gonna say Cara Delevingne. That's crazy. Okay, yeah, Cara Delevingne's a great choice. No, but it's Cara Delevingne's too short. You lose the. You lose. I, I love the idea of the two ladies in his life being, tall enough. being both the same height, taller than him, and not being too oh. plussed about him. This is amazing. And the good thing about it is Spider-Man doesn't undergo any character development in this film because he he's a secondary it. character. Yeah, he doesn't need He's it. a, he's a hurdle. Know. Exactly. What a fantastic inversion of tropes. Michael, I want to see this movie. No, I, I bloody want to see it. Yeah. I think surely someone has bloody photoshopped Taylor Swift as Black Cat Kevin, before. Kevin, get on it. Kevin, I'll do it for you this afternoon. I know you just want it in your collection. That's all I want. I'll do it for you this afternoon. <laughs> is that going to be the thumbnail? Probably. Oh, very good. Probably. Okay. Yeah, why not? So, yeah, I don't know who would play... Hammerhead. Uh, you want to get a big character actor to do that. Yeah. Big, strong character actor. Let me think. Who did I see recently that was very good? Uh, he has to be quite imposing. Yeah. As a person. I, I want to say like... Ke- who's the guy? Kevin Duncan? Kevin Duncan? Nah, sorry. It, she's just... It, nah, she just doesn't do it for me. Uh, it's not about whether she Kevin does it Duncan, for you or not, Ben. It is. That's exactly what these pictures are for. Yeah, Look at yeah, Kevin Duncan cream. there for, for Hammerhead. Who's Ke- Kevin Duncan? Kevin Duncan. Kevin Duncan. I think he's probably ideal casting for that. And yeah, the main thing, Ben, is it's a heist. It's a classic heist. It's a classic heist. It's a heist film. It's not can, a super... Can it's George a, Clooney be her dad? That would be cool. Yeah, that's that would a good be cool. choice now. That would be a very good um, choice. Look up Kevin Duncan there. I think Kevin Duncan's probably your Hammerhead. I think that's probably a solid call. Who's Kevin Duncan? He's a business advisor, marketing expert, no, and motivational no, speaker. I have the wrong name then. Yeah, you do. Yeah, <laughs> I have. What, what's he in? Look, he was, um, he's the southern character actor and everything. He played the blob in the awful Wolverine movie. Oh, that guy. Yeah, he's a pretty um, solid call. Yeah, oh, I don't like him. Oh, okay. I've never enjoyed He was in Resident Evil as well. He yeah, he was. Barry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've never enjoyed his work in in any he was in Lost yeah he was for a bit okay well if we don't want him then who else could we cast there anyway Michael we've run out of time we're we're quickly approaching pod cut off time so ladies and gentlemen yes do you want to see Michael's amazing pitch please moment for Black Kevin Cat? Durand Kevin Durand oh. I don't think Kevin Durand has enough of a hammerhead to be hammerhead 
He has kind of a long thin But he has a kind of long thin head Who are we going to get then? I don't know I mean the other option is Kingpin if you could yeah, get, if you, you could get, get uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, Vincent D'onofrio back, back. Kingpin, King he be, has the right screen presence. He'd be even better to be in a lot of ways. But he wouldn't be fooled. This is the thing. I think Kevin, I think Hammerhead is supposed to be a bit of a, as you put it so eloquently, blockhead. He's a bit of a block. And he needs to be fooled mm-hmm. by Black Cat, Kingpin, a copper. And that's why it doesn't really work. Do you know who would be great if he was bigger and taller? And Come wasn't on. the Punisher? The Punisher would be a great Hammerhead. John Bernthal. He's got a real hammer kind of head going on. Uh, you give him that buzz cut John Bernthal would be great at that um, but he's again not big enough or imposing enough to pull that off he's a little guy anyway and you know you need, you need a, a crew of interesting character actors as well yeah, to be you, you find that no problem character yeah. actors are a dime a dozen Michael yeah. dime I think, a dozen I couldn't, what's her name Christian Schwal Christian Schwal is a good she's, show for the she's never going to be a superhero yeah, no. she's, she'd be a good kind of she'd be a great addition to the to the kind of kindly lady Marvel cop Kida, uh, character actor roster yeah. uh, ladies and gentlemen one. Did you enjoy the pitch? The pitch, please. Pitch, please. Um, did you enjoy it? Uh, would you watch that film? Who would you cast as the black cat? Because we're clearly just... divided here in the tiny room. It's Taylor Swift's a terrible choice. She's a terrible actress. She's an irritating person. Um, Taylor Swift. No, for sure. I'm not on for it. Um, but look, let us know what you think. Are you a big ta- uh, black cat fan? <laughs> <laughs> Are you a big black cat fan? Um, what is your formative representation of the character what did you think that's all from us this week ladies and gentlemen you can find us in different places if you want to give us a uh, D-list comic book character that you'd like to see turned into a pitch you can get in touch with us at showmorebeog.com S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G dot com it means tiny room in Irish it means tiny room in Irish we are on Instagram um, and as always you can find both our podcasts Collecting Issues or Michael and Benjamin's podcast on Spotify Apple Podcasts if you're on there give us an hour review give us an hour we review. are on YouTube give us an hour like and a subscribe we need it. Go on, give us the give boost. Us, give us a boost. Give us the boost. We're we're working on crumbs here, ladies and gentlemen. On crumbs. <laughs> ben, uh, tell them to tell them to bloody um, tell them what collecting issues about this week. Collecting issues. Uh, our next issue of collecting issues will be out the following Wednesday from when this drops. Uh, the w- Wednesday week um, of when this podcast drops will be on Headlopper by Andrew McLean, which is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful barbarian. Don't spend your load. Um, but anyway. We'll take a look at it next week. That's all from us this week, ladies and gentlemen. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Uh, who's a black cat? <laughs> I couldn't think of a good sign off. Sorry, everybody. Bye. <laughs>